This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's manufactures and sends directly to your home razors and all sorts of shaving equipment. Also, they have face wash now. I tried it and it's really nice. If you go to harrys.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get $5 off your first order. $5 off harrys.com. Enter code THUMBS at checkout. This is... Slammer Jammer, <laughs> idle for I, I, idle thumbs episode Wednesday the seventeenth of February. <laughs> Was that your intro? Yeah. Oh, it's not. It wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be. Uh, It's Wednesday. How do I? I wonder if I can do that. Wednesday. I, I, that would be slipping. That's, that's dis, it's a dishonored Wednesday. apostrophe. <laughs> it's Wednesday, February 17th, 2016. Yeah. You it's nailed it, Jake. 2016. It is. This is Idle Thumbs 250. I'm Chris Remo. Wow. 250. I know. We did it. We got that new music there that just happened. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Okay. I'm here. We got it. Welcome to 250, I guess. <sighs> oh, yeah. I've been playing XCOM 2, which I know you have as well. Yeah. I am curious what your further thoughts are about this game. I find this game to be very difficult. It's extremely difficult. Yeah. Uh, it's punishingly difficult. Yes. It is exactly what we were talking about last week, which is that it they clearly made a conscious choice to not reset the like both the fiction and the like the actual difficulty of this or like you know just like the right. systems and everything like you do, there's no metroid like moment where everything's like reset down to zero and now you've got to level everything up again like mm-hmm. no like they just i mean all everything your, is all your troops brutal. are still level zero but well kind of yeah but i mean like on like the third mission you get all basically like most of the stuff like all the gadgets and mm-hmm. stuff that you got in the first game so yeah. it's, it's just yeah. like they're starting with all that stuff deal with it i don't know it's it's really hard i've gotten maybe i don't know i i probably restarted at least six or seven times at this point mm-hmm. yeah just because i'm obsessive about yeah you know having the clean playthrough where all the people that i've taken the time to customize and name don't die on the first mission. Right. Like I think, like my guy, like Nick Brecken, has yeah. died consistently on like mission two. Every time <laughs> the, I try and play this game, the so first it's time just I played the game, yeah, the first time. You know how it gives you like best records at the end of a mission, like uh, you know fifty two percent hit ratio. Yeah, and if that's the best you've ever done in the game so far, it says new record. The first time I played, my hit record was a hundred percent, and it was like new record. I'm like, well. Now, you did it. every single other mission in the entire game is going to be <laughs> yeah, worse than It's that. a letdown. Yeah. They're all going to, by guys, are going to be shittier at their guns. Yeah. Per- guaranteed. Uh, yeah, I've played twice, and, I mean, I've played a number of hours, but yeah. uh, two games through, and, or maybe three, maybe I'm on my third now, and I, the one that I'm on now, I started on Iron Man. Mm. I don't know why. I, I, it was like that. It's the thing to do, Chris. Yeah, I know. I I started it, and the box was there, and then I just had that like stupid, pointless sort of just kernel of shame right. in my head when I didn't check it, 
and then I went back and forth and like checked it and unchecked it. You imagined like times. four different versions of your face next to those of like sort of a crying <laughs> baby one, and then like sort of like a, yeah. a, a smiling one, then like a smirking one, and then like a glowing eyes. Like the doom, I think I did, the doom I damage think I did guy. Imagine, yeah. I think I did imagine faces surrounding me, but they were like the the sort of judgmental faces. Like, oh, of, you did not play on Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it, but now I wish it were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then you, I do, I do play on Iron Man, and then you press the button. Yep. And yeah. it did really. You were well. immediately I mean, killed. Well, no, it was then, like, oh, no, you, you can't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the the experience that I that I, at least is my classic experience with XCOM, which is that I started off pretty well, and I was playing very carefully, and I was learning, you know, sort of taking everything I'd learned from my previous two attempts into account, and then I got to like the farthest point I've been. And all the things I hadn't learned yet, I was like, oh, fuck. I don't know how this guy works. And then I would just die brutally because... They have other modes that enable you to more successfully learn those things. <laughs> you mean not Iron Man mode? I would des- I would describe them as not Iron Man yeah, mode, as the I, other modes. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I instantly regretted my choice. I just got yeah. wiped out by like a muton. Yeah, I did the and, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then I turned off Iron Man and then was just incredibly shameless with save reloading. Just, right. oh man. Like, because you can get yourself into positions in this game where, ba- like, you know, the concealment allows you to basically edge your way up to, like, an enemy patrol and then, like, try and, like, sneak between two patrols. Yeah. But you're doing it on, like, a turn-based you know in, well, in a turn-based scenario so mm-hmm. you can you can spend like six turns trying to get your guys into just like the perfect like crack oh yeah of this level yeah and then just get demolished mm-hmm. anyway yep which well, i you will spend hour if you save reload that which i do like i will i will <laughs> oh, not no. restart i will not yeah. let my guys die at this point because it's yeah. just too painful Oof. i just want to get through a thing yeah so I'm just finding like the one way to solve it basically has turned the game into like Hitman for me. Right. Where I'm just trying to solve the puzzle of this weird thing mm-hmm. that I put myself into every time. Yeah. I a thing that is additionally kind of hmm. Oh, sorry, Jake. Go ahead. Oh no, nothing. Just that description of a scenario makes me sad. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> stupid. Uh, a thing that is that sort of compounds the some of the stuff going on with uh the concealment thing, which is, you know, where you yeah. get sort of the drop on enemies by starting the mission without them being able to see you and then carrying that forward as far as you can. That has a weird wrinkle with the fact that many of these missions have a turn limit. Mm-hmm. Like many of these missions, you only have, say, seven Almost turns. Yeah, I, a high no, a high percentage of missions yeah. you have to complete in a certain number of turns before there's like a forced retreat or the thing that you're trying to get to finishes its thing or whatever, you know, whatever. How common was that in the previous XCOM? I don't a remember lot. it being very common. Yeah, it was not common at all. Yeah. They were like, just, yeah. You you would hit one of those and go like, oh man, it's a it's a timer mission. Oh, shoot, darn. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, they, that were, was like they were very rare. It was like a very specific, like... In I know that I bring this up all the, the fucking time, but do you think that's because they've been... Because things like Hit- Hitman Go and Tomb Raider or and Lara Croft Go exist and are entirely, I guess those aren't turn limit turn limit based no, games. Those but are, I, no, I no. think of them so much more as solving a, pu- a, thing. a puzzle yeah. or like a scenario yeah, built yeah. around. You have like I mean, n <clears throat> possible moves before it explodes. Except that this is XCOM, so it's there's like a, the levels are the opposite of yeah. That. You don't yeah. have that perfect information that allows you to operate that way. To me, that's an that's an interesting point. I mean, to me, the thing that it makes me think is that 
they were reacting to the kind of play that Nick was describing of this just like endless turn. Or you can try to just like get into like a inch, dance that yeah, goes forever. Yeah. 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 And it feel. I mean, when I'm <clears> playing, I feel that very palpably, you know, like it's, I feel like the game doesn't want me to fall into that. And sometimes but, I will for like four turns mm-hmm. and then I'll realize, oh my but God, I'm halfway by, through the By putting the a turn limit, they're yeah. trying to make you like take action and Be take, more heavy, proactive. take heavier yeah. risks than you would. And, and, yes. that, and that I think yeah. also serves to further the sensation, Nick, you were describing last week of being this sort of insurgent or guerrilla force. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the game that I think really works towards that end, but oh my God, it's hard. It's just so hard. Because if there's really, one thing really an hard. insurgent guerrilla force doesn't do, it's get in a dance of exhaustion with an enemy. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, I, whatever. Yeah, there's no like war of attrition like as well, your... there probably is all of those things, but whatever. Well, I, I, I was just being an asshole. I, I think you're actually correct. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing what the thing that an insurgent force is, I think, more trying to do is get the other side to, to suffer exhaust the war. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and like that, yeah, there's a, there's a mission that I did last night that is one of this sort of key missions where you have to destroy a key object and you get to use a more than normal, a, a bigger than the normal squad. Mm-hmm. And it's additionally... Like you are supplied with reinforcements from your. Is it a trap? <clears throat> no, it's not a trap. It's just that you have to destroy this thing, and the enemy will also keep sending more fucking reinforcements. Mm, it's okay. just a grinder. It, it was intense. Yeah. I I was like, I'm gonna clean up these guys, and then and I and I got to the point where I'd cleaned up the the sort of the ones that were there, and my I was in bad shape, and I think I'd lost one guy, but I was like, okay, I I did it. Jesus Christ, and then. They just kept sending more, and the mm. ones they were sending more of were the huge ogres, and I was oh, yeah. just like, "Well, gr- holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I this is when I li- and I just alt F forward enough have to start a new campaign not on Iron Man, yeah, because oh my god! But yeah, I just swallowed my D there. That was weird. You- oh my god! I don't know what that was? <laughs> you alt F forward out of that yeah. sentence, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a real-time reverb effect applied. That l- <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah. You know how sometimes you quit a I game know, but the sound engine stays loaded? Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's how video games are made for some reason. <laughs> that's always actually really palpable and weird when you're playing a game that has real-time effects that still apply, and you go to the pause menu, and you just hear the cathedral fall off of a pause effect because <laughs> someone fucked up. Anyway. I, hope, I hope there's a field added to the thumbs DB that tracks how many times the word palpable is said in any given episode, because it's mm. twice so far this time, and I, now it's three. So yeah. let's keep that going. Palpable. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that Idle Thumbs episode announcing Robot will also be allowed to just idle in the background and say the word palpable. Nick, who said it first? We'll just detect a sentence and Was just it Nick attach said it, it first? Yeah, I think I said it first. Oh, Nick, you've got yes. to say the word palpable once. Yeah. We're up to like eight now, probably. Yeah, but if Nick right. says palpable. Yeah, but if I say it, then, you know. Then people have all of our he's voices. He's tactically avoiding it. He's waiting to, de- <laughs> to the insurgent force waiting to deploy this term when it's most strategically effective. Yep. <laughs> so have, do you feel like you're making significant progress in XCOM 2, Nick? I finally am. Um, but... Uh, I mean, you don't really make progress in this game, right? I mean, you just kind of stay, what, staving off. Well, I mean, you're staving off like right. destruction. Yeah, these like presumably at some point projects that they're working on. Yeah, yeah. presumably at some point, a, a, like a story thing will happen. Yeah, and that won't be an issue anymore. But 
I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't even feel like I have a great handle on how I'm supposed to be dealing with the world map yet, and I've done a lot of it. I finally do. Um, I think it's just do all the stuff. Like, yeah. just fly around and... <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, you just click all the buttons. Yeah, uh, there, are these, there are these, like, intel gathering opportunities that do pop it all. up throughout the map, and yeah. then missions will kind of be generated and... Yeah. You know. It's more similar to the original XCOM than I think I realized last week. Yeah. Like, because what, the way it works is that the missions, they always oh, give then you the you, three like, options. Oh, you, create intel networks and shit. Yeah. They give you the three options for missions, and... The way it's presented in this game, it feels like you kind of want to do them all, but they don't. Once you do one, it closes out the other mm-hmm. two. It's really just making a choice, which is basically well. You're basically the way trying original... to balance. <clears throat> each of these has like side effects that yeah. will be shitty for me. Which are the least bad ones to happen? Right. Cross referenced <clears throat> with like global the difficulty effects. of the mission. Yeah. So can I afford to try the hard mission? To... The thing I missed is that like the in the original those things would have negative consequences for your regions right. and in the way that it's presented in this game it makes it feel like that's the case but they're they're actually not like yeah. the, the 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 consequences are always global like mm-hmm. they're always like related to that uh whatever like advent thing like the yeah. the the countdown timer and and mm-hmm. the specific effects that like enemies now have like shields when they didn't have shields before because you didn't do this mission or yeah. whatever um so yeah i don't know it it uh <clears throat> i'm yeah i, I can't I, I wouldn't really know how to quantify how far i am into this game at this point but it just still is really hard yeah. <laughs> like you know like the the like the new enemies like have you gotten to the point where those um the clone the clone guys the guys oh, that yeah. clone themselves oh, yeah. the and codex the, yeah and they'll just enemies. sort of drop a bomb on top of all of your guys yeah, that those like things are nuts. explodes after a single round and then meanwhile, your guys can't reload. Like, they have to reload. Everybody has to reload. Oh, yeah. What a crazy the, the, thing that is. Like, man, what? The most just, like, miserable, terrible moment is when you're <clears throat> just about to wipe up the last yeah. bits of a force. Or, like, an incredibly powerful enemy who's down to, like, three health. And then you realize, and every one of your units is in a great position. And then they all are out of ammo. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, goodbye, good night. Yeah. It's all yeah. fucked now forever. <laughs> Um, so a thing that that I was thinking about recently with this, or yesterday, I guess, with this game, that I, I'm really amazed that this game is doing as well as it's doing as sort of a PC-exclusive, incredibly punishing and brutal strategy game. And it's selling really, really well, which is awesome because I think it's really good. And it's getting great reviews as well, which is also really impressive. Um, but there's something that is, you know, I mean, I would say the outside of just the, the positive reception generally, the thing most people have said about this game is it's hard as hell which is accurate and it it made me realize that something that is really required for i think for a game like this to um reach the kind of to get the reception that it that it sort of should get is it just needs a lot of time you know like Mm. there's there's a certain uh the way that stuff is received just in the culture right now these days because of things like social media and also just simply because of the preponderance of media. There's so much stuff you can get for fairly, you know, in a fairly cost-effective way all the time across like any form of, of, uh, of entertainment um, that the, and, and games have actually been this way for a long time. The way that you react to games, especially big games with a marketing budget behind them is to like basically form judgments almost instantly, like within a couple days of release even, uh, and then 
these days, sometimes there's like a backlash a week or two later, but like you get that sort of really big reaction right after an idle weekend one our, our spinoff podcast with daniel rando and rob zachney talked about this a few weeks ago and they did a big segment on critical consensus but the the part of it that i was thinking about is is not quite that related to games like this i think you kind of need this like inc- huge amount fairly significant amount of breathing room in order to actually get from this game the thing that you will look back mm. on it as giving <clears throat> you yeah way down the line right because it's a game that you can't play through it like you can't rush to beat this game the way that sort of a uh, a story driven game or even a sort of shooter or something that has a campaign like a start to finish a campaign, campaign game. Yeah, yeah like there's no way to sort of just determine deterministically like i'm gonna play through xcom like right i'm gonna, I'm gonna stay up right, all night and you play can't, through like, it you could slam bioshock in a way that exactly you yeah slam xcom yeah. you have to mm-hmm. learn xcom to and that's going to require probably failing a lot and going back and starting over a lot. And for most players, unless they're like XCOM savants, and I have no doubt that a bunch of those exist, um, it's, you know, you have to sort of just marinate in it for a while. And that's something that, one, is not encouraged by the way that games are sort of received and discussed now. Mm-hmm. And that's not really anyone's individual fault. That's just yeah, a combination of a lot of factors. Um, and then... Uh, Two is I think just difficult for a lot of people like certainly for me right like I have so much stuff going on right now and that's not unique to me that's like just very common like it's it's hard to I've been playing this game as much as I can but I'm like squeezing in mm-hmm. an hour or two here and there and it's not a lot of time relative to what if I want you know when I was 10 years younger certainly I would have put into this game at the same t- period after its release. And uh, I don't know. I, I just was thinking about this, and I'm wondering how how do you how do you encourage that in players, or how do you make it possible for players to do that? Whilst if if your goal is to make something that's incredibly difficult and requires learning by sort of experimentation and failure, which I think are good things to be able to encourage in a in a player base. Like I think <clears throat> it's it's good to be able to encourage your player base to be sort of patient and willing to learn after trial and error mm-hmm. to some degree. I mean, you don't want it to get just like pointlessly punishing, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Do it's, you think it's interesting in the case of XCOM specifically because of XCOM's scale as a game, because it's a Firaxis yeah. game because it's yeah. released by 2k and because totally. it's not don't starve or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. not yeah. a, a 12 to two person roguelike it's an xcom yeah the 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 starting over feel like one of the things that i'm struggling with now just because of the time i have is a starting over feels like a huge decision it's like there's mm-hmm. a lot of infrastructure that i'm throwing away when i just throw a save game out the window whereas a game like don't starve or i don't know something even even more disposable and i, I don't mean that it, that the game is disposable, but that any play session like is disposable. Yeah, like FTL, like Tharsis, like Binding of Isaac, like Spelunky, games where the it's very, 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 very clear that a run is something that most of the time will end in failure. It, whereas XCOM feels like a of, campaign. That then, yeah, XCOM that, feels like a big yeah. campaign with all of these different components to it and like a huge world map and like a str- you know str- different strategic fronts and like a <clears> squad <throat> that I'm building up over time and they have names. and mm-hmm. um, and But it's still like realistically, you're still going to have to throw it all away a bunch of times before you well, know what you're doing. The sequel to me feels more strange in that regard than the original game. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the original game 
I, I don't know. Maybe it's just telegraphing the idea that you're going to lose better. You know, uh-huh. like I, I, there's just, for whatever reason, like the, because I, maybe it's just because it is a sequel and it just yeah. doesn't feel like a game that, you know, I mean, they, they put more attention to detail and all like the cutscenes and everything. It just kind of feels like a campaign in a lot of ways, but it's still just the game you're going to get demolished playing. Right. right? You know, I, I guess to me, it just like mm-hmm. loading up the original XCOM. I never felt like like everything did sort of feel more disposable in a way, whereas mm-hmm. this game it's do you just think like, that's, do you think that's at all story related? Do you think this is stupid to say? But do you think I it's think so? The it's government weird. the government agency that uh, is in over its head and isn't really uh, believing its own hype about the alien invasion is yeah. the, it, that that's the story of someone who loses exactly but the story of humanity rising up from the ashes <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. fight the aliens. Yeah. That's no, the I story of people who win. Yes, but in the game, it's still the story of the people who just get their asses handed to them right. over and over again. Right? Yeah. <laughs> No, I that's think really that's funny. I think yeah. that's actually maybe true. Yeah. yeah, in my head at least, um, it's way more but, grim actually in a way because of that. Because this, the the sort of story archetype of the band of rebels is always that they overcome it. Whereas right, the other right. one, the the previous story, the structure is one of like f- just fatalistic destruction. Yeah, maybe yeah, a, it's, maybe it's a about, pyrrhic victory, sort of, but yeah, yeah, right. You're just a guy in the middle of a bureaucracy that is failing. And when you fail, you just go, well, pff, I told you, like, I knew, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And then, whereas right. this just exactly. feels like the, you got the, the, the bureaucracy fails. And then maybe the like ragtag group of a couple descendants yeah, within like, the bureaucracy we knew it. We score survived. a key yeah. victory, right? Exactly. Like, which is actually key. the plot of this game of this of the sequel, mm-hmm. which is that like one of the guys who was in the bureaucracy in the first game is just like back, oh, and green, they give him green shit about sweater it. Guy. Yeah, and and she's like, God, did you did you see the story like content that is like fired the second that guy comes back to your base? Like the engineer girl's just like, man, why did you like turn the other side? That was really shitty. And he's just like, well. I don't know. It's, I didn't really know what I was doing. I guess I'm kind of a dick. And she's like, "Well, I'm I'm glad you're here now. I guess." And he's like, "Well, I yeah, I'm trying to like atone for what I did." And she's like, "Well, it's gonna take a long time." <laughs> and that's the Wait, end I don't of know the. If I saw that. Is that the guy who used to be the green sweater guy? Uh, yes. Well, it's the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. By the way, it's I really missed that hardcore. guy's outfit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he actually mentions it. I think. At oh, some point. really? Yeah, he's like, ah, I miss my sweater or something like that. Uh, me too. <laughs> maybe I'm making that up, me but too, maybe bro. I just, yeah, I just miss it. But I'm pretty sure he actually says it. Yeah. <laughs> wait for it. Wait stuff. for the uh, XCOM Steam Workshop where oh, you can restore man. that oh guy's god, green yeah. sweater. Oh my god! By the way, there's a there, did I mention this last week? There's a mod for this game on the Steam Workshop that's apparently one of like a genre of mods of this type, and it's called "Don't Waste My Time." Yes, and it's yeah, just, all it does is reduce these like one to three second pauses after certain actions in the game, God. and that's the that's the entire mod. Like some things in this in this game, and XCOM One was the same way, where you execute an action, and then the game just like holds the camera for a second to three seconds to sort of, I guess, just make sure you understand what the state of the battlefield is now. Uh, It feels like this game is more egregious in that sense. I think it is too. But that might also just be because that's the less interesting memory that my brain has sort of filtered out of the, Mm -hmm. I can't really remember. But, uh, but in any case that cracked me up. Are you playing with don't waste my time? I'm actually not because I have that in addition to the voices telling me to play Iron Man. I have the voices telling me that like, if you install mods before you've beat the game for real, you're cheating. Um, Even though my voice is has saying no, the same thing, like well, also, whereas there's there's a, there's got to be a truer voice saying Iron Man plus the most maximized don't waste my time <laughs> mod is the true XCOM. <laughs> That's true. All yeah. hotkeys, no mouse. Yeah. yeah. All texture is removed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I do have two uh, on that on that note. Two hot tips for people: definitely run the like this game was. I was getting definitely it. fixed one forty four. 34 inch display oh yeah oh, yeah yeah right definitely 10 20 yeah definitely g-sync uh <laughs> and degauss your monitor 
Um, the, <laughs> Pro the, tip, uh, don't forget to de-gauss. <laughs> your enormous CRT monitor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't forget to de-gauss your, your array of 70 CRT CRTs monitor. that you're using to control yeah. this insurgent force. Um, um, no, run the, run the the stupid graphics, uh, um, you know, in the options under video settings or whatever. Run the thing that optimizes your, your um, graphics oh, really? settings. Okay. Yeah, because, because the, the performance of this game, like, people are losing their minds at, at how sluggish it is. Well, you and know what's weird? Okay, go ahead. I, it's, I rarely actually run that thing in yeah. a game. Uh, once I did, it just set everything to where it probably should be set and then worked. Oh. Also, did you see this caps lock Thing. No. Oh man, God, it's hilarious. So when you leave a mission, it, you ha- you hit that sort of like you know in world loading screen that everybody's doing now, where your your guys are in the in the drop ship and they're coming back, and then it, you know the mm-hmm. game has to load reload the the base, and then the, finally a button pops up and says now you can load the base. Um, you can just hit caps lock and that button appears instantly and skips the load. What? Yeah. Why is the load so, there then? So what? it was a mystery for like a week and a half. <laughs> Nobody understood why this worked. Um, and it turns out just, just yesterday, a Fraxis guy was like, well, so the way that works is uh, it basically just holds rendering of all frames until the base is loaded. So it causes this massive hitch. Uh, and he's like, well, you can do it. Um, we don't really support it, and it might crash the game, but like, go but ahead and do it. Caps lock. Yeah. It's <laughs> so weird. A debug key that I do it every time, in, right? Now. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm so sure it's instead a of looking thing. at the load screen, you just look at a, hell, a frozen frame of your base until everything streams in? I mean, it's instantaneous. It, it's within like a second of hitting caps lock, it loads. Whereas you're like, sometimes you're waiting up to 20 seconds sitting there for the that stupid base to load. There's got to be really something strange. that someone on that game is like, Everyone's skipping this, and there probably were even people on the team who were like, our loads could be way faster, and then yeah. one guy who probably cares a shitload about yeah. some weird friend shit that is going to yeah. break everyone's game is like, there's a reason. Don't do it. There's Don't tell you. Man, yeah. speaking of that scene, the, the moment when I ended my, fir- the fir- my first campaign oh, man. and restarted it yeah. was because... was So, I the in one of my earlier missions in that game, you know, I was talking about the sort of right, that's the screen it gives you during that when it says hit percentage, like, and then it also lists things like um, soldier who did the most damage, soldier mm-hmm. who moved the farthest, soldier with the most kills, whatever. Yeah. And there was one mission where it was the same soldier for all of those. I just had one XCOM soldier <laughs> who just 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 wrecked yeah. on that mission. Man, and how she, many days till retirement for that soldier? Also, <laughs> well. <laughs> And 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 she I was. I do like a, that they can get PTSD in this game. By the way. Oh yeah, anyway. that's crazy. Um, and and she was bald and always wore sunglasses. And then also she was in the far like front right of the dropship always, mm-hmm. which is like an oh area man where yeah you can see that soldier yeah. And it was one where she had just like wrecked shop, and she just. <laughs> She was like, when she was leaning back in her seat, she was off frame. But when she was leaning front in her seat, her head was like poking into the right of frame. And she had these idle animations where she would just give the biggest fucking shit eating grins and like smirk and nod like all the time. Right. And so behind her, there's this like billboard being like most damage, most distance traveled, most kills. And then she would just kills. occasionally like photobomb like, the load screen in. and just smirk at yes. you. Right. Yeah. And it yeah. was amazing. And like, God, I want after, the glasses dropping mod where they just yeah i know and so I, <laughs> your I got, best ranked person always just gets deal with it yeah <laughs> and so i got so accustomed to even when she wasn't like the best performing soldier i got so accustomed to her always just being there being like fuck yeah yeah uh that when she died and the first time i had to go back to the base and she wasn't doing that 
I was like, well, fuck this. This is done. Yeah. I'm call like. You did know, some other guy disbanded. do a shitty smirk? Because that would have made no, you even no more enraged. Did, no, nobody was just sitting in that seat. <laughs> oh, that's really even worse. That's way yeah. worse. Yeah. Oh, that's, man. That's pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. So that was when I ended my first campaign. Yeah. Man. There are some funny things when in you this lost game. that smug lord. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I like when yeah. your your guys are gravely injured and they walk off the dropship confidently, and then they get twenty paces and everybody just falls to the ground. Have you seen this? No. Oh man, it's so good. They have animations that correspond to how damaged they were during the mission. So if they're gravely wounded, they just try to like you know walk it off, but then they all just eventually collapse in front of the thing that says like promote this soldier. So oh right, just, yeah, I know you're but, talking. About oh god, it. yeah. it's so funny. Like, <laughs> I don't it's think just, I've like, ever the actually, animation like, is just really funny to that transition point. Oh yeah, I think when I finish the mission, that's usually when I like get up to go to the bathroom, oh, okay. or get a drink or something, and then I come back and they're all just like no, over. they just fall on their faces. <laughs> it's it's yeah. There's some weird little touches in this game. It's yeah. hilarious. The 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 you know Nick you mentioned we're probably wrapping up. I guess sure. our thoughts on this, but Nick you mentioned last week the kind of strange just patchwork of polish in this game, mm. which I totally agree is kind of odd. Yeah. You know, the way that there's like the fully animated people, but then also the little sort of intentionally glitchy portrait video feed of them talking, which often are present at the same time, yeah, which is just right. very odd. And I, the reason they do that, I think is because it allows them to keep talking to you, even when you've left mm, the area where they are. True. And like, no matter where you are in the base, that little thing can stay in the corner of the screen, but it still feels like a not fully solved, like well, presentation thing. And then there's like untextured ha- models in the game <laughs> yeah. that are flying around. Oh, well, weird. yeah, they're untextured. Also the, um, the camera is just wonky. Like when you go from, uh, for instance, like right before you load a mission and all your guys are standing there, you can hit like build an item and then the camera just zooms to the engineering bay, which it doesn't like it doesn't just like fade out or like move to that thing. It just the camera just moves through half of your base in right. like three seconds and just polygons are just flying at the screen for like a good couple of seconds. And then you load into that thing. It looks weird every time. Like yeah. It's, there's yeah, there's some really weird. And and so like with given all that stuff and also given how good i think for access is make is at making games like this you know i think it's it's it was a really just incredibly exciting thing when they branched out from civilization style games which i also love mm-hmm. enormously into this kind of more tactical board gamey ex like classic xcom inspired thing um that was really great because it turns out they're really good at it but what i think would be the thing i would love the absolute most would be if they were to make an XCOM game or similar, you know, game in this vein that just did not try to be a full scale 3d triple a triple a. You want the iPhone from what takes more from Hitman go. Right. I mean, (laughs) yeah, maybe even, yeah, maybe more like, Civ doesn't have the cinematic aspirations that XCOM does. That's true. But Civ still feels like an incredibly grand presentation that you shouldn't be starting over all the time. Like the the reason this popped into my head is because we were talking about this, this game, the other games that are kind of similar. Okay. You want, you want an XCOM that feels more lightweight. So it feels okay to re-roll it. Yeah. Like FTL or Tharsis or something like that, you know, where it's like, okay, it's this. I the presentation of the game suggests you want X Rev. This is like a game well, of runs as opposed to a game with like a huge campaign. Yeah, yeah. this isn't really answering that question, but uh, we should probably try that other XCOM like game that people play. Chaos Reborn, the one from Julian Gallup, no. who actually made the original XCOM. 
Uh, that's not actually XCOM, uh, XCOM like though, is it? Is it? No, there's another game. Ugh, that's I think it still is though. Okay. I'm being like shitty on a game XCOM. podcast and not knowing the name of this game. But there, there is a there is another XCOM alike okay. that is a thing that people play. Right. That well, people say should, is good. It's very much then. yeah. But anyway, it's and it, it's pretty lightweight from okay. what I can tell. Cool. I mean, it's still a PC game that has 3D graphics and stuff, but it's yeah. not you know it's not exactly what you're talking about. But right, sure, yeah, whatever. But yeah. people enjoy it. Um, I guess we should figure yeah, out what that is. Yeah, the iPhone version, essentially, or iPad, kind of that feeling of a Yeah, of except game. on PC. Except on PC, yeah. yeah. Or yeah. whatever, also on the iPhone, that's fine. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Want to take a break? Yeah. Sure. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. That's a sentence that wow. can only be said with a steely gaze and a yeah, crunched jaw. Truly. I thought it was yeah. an acronym for a minute. I didn't know. Where <laughs> uh, Casper Mattresses. Oh, yeah. Ass. <laughs> Go with it. Hey, Casper, get in touch yeah, with, I, about that. Sure. Um, anyway, they are actually quite affordably priced. They start at $500 for a twin size mattress. They're extremely comfortable. And get this. If you go to Casper.com slash thumbs and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get $50 towards any mattress purchase. It's pretty good. I know. I know, Nick, that you've been long coveting that Casper I mattress. I actually, I have been. I think I'm going to pull the trigger in, oh, man. in the next couple of weeks. So yeah, you got to do it. Hopefully. Uh, got to use yeah. that code. Also, I hear they have pillows now. Oh, wow. And apparently they're incredibly comfortable pillows. Nice. So I got to get on this too. I definitely can attest to the comfort of the Casper mattress, mm. but take it even further. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Another thing about Casper is they have a free trial and return policy. So if you do pull the trigger and you're not digging it, uh, they will take it back and refund you. I don't think that is likely to happen based on my experience with Casper, but you know, it's there. Casper.com slash thumbs with the promo code thumbs for $50 towards any mattress video game this episode of idle thumbs is also brought to you by postmates postmates is a courier service that will bring you goods and food goods and food (laughs) from anywhere in your city download the app uh, on ios or android you use the promo code thumbs to get a free delivery and you can just load up all the different places they will bring you stuff from your city it's ridiculously exhaustive um you can even just search for this search for stuff on their website if you're just browsing Mm. around and you're curious where they deliver from we have often talked about ordering from Whizburger here in san francisco Mm -hmm. um and I, I think today is the day for me. You're doing it? I think today is the day I'm, I'm, order up a whiz. I'm, I'm doing the Whizburger special. Nice. As suggested by our buddy, the gun run over at twitch.tv. Good. And uh, he didn't tell me to say that. I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, yes, they will bring you, they will go bring you stuff from businesses in your city, local, including hyper local businesses like Whizburger, as local as it gets, basically, in this yeah. case, uh, but also just anywhere else, you know. And, uh, They'll bring them to your uh, your door, your home or office, wherever. Uh, so again, if you download the Postmates app on iOS or Android and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get a free delivery of that. Try it out. Thanks, Postmates. Thanks, Postmates. Video game. Welcome to our surprise game segment. Oh, man, we're back. Hey. 
As you know, every week on Idle Thumbs, we talk about a surprise game. This is the surprise game. We don't do that, but but Nick, you play yeah, a game. I think. Sometimes it's a surprise It's a game, game where just, you know, you think you're playing Snake, and then a guy screams. <laughs> oh, man. That was such a great era of the Whenever internet. I bring that up, I make Chris really excited <laughs> and yeah. nostalgic. Oh, you, so your good. eyes missed up when I talk oh, about stupid right. flash Scary websites. Scary face where I sc- maze no. games. Yeah, yeah, those oh, were good. Classic times. Java games. Oh, Java games. I thought you said oh, Java games. Jabba games, classic. We think it's a Jabba game, but then there's a scary Jabba face. <laughs> Salacious Crumb. So I was going to say Salacious Crumb. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, I'm staring right at him. Uh, oh, that's true. We do have a little Salacious yeah. Crumb doll in here. Yeah. What a gross doll this is. I like that they managed to make Don't pull the, the cord skin, on his back. Like, <laughs> the, He'll the sing actual, the like, special edition uh, Return of the Jedi song. Just gonna, uh, <laughs> yeah, or that forever. forever. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> This thing feels as like clammy and disgusting as you imagine this actual yeah, it really does. creature would. You don't think Slash's Crumb life. is like warm? <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I don't. Whatever I might have thought. He's, his in name the past, is Salacious. Yeah. Whatever yeah. I might have thought, assumed touching crumb. this gross doll re can, sort of repositions my. I think that Salacious Crumb is warm and that he can feel love and that he really like <laughs> just. Wants to just sort of. I mean, I think that's what it says in Wikipedia. I'm yeah. pretty sure that there are two he different is. rubber embossed uh, legends on here informing you that this is rubber embossed legends. <laughs> I couldn't think of what, what the you know when it says like made in wherever. Just because there's text. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading one of the two legends on the back of Salacious Crumb. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> gross guy. Yeah, put that away. Oh, this is yeah. stranded Star Tours. It's from Disneyland, I guess. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Zach from anyway. Video Games Hot Dog went to Disneyland and brought us back oh, a salacious crumb. Yeah. Ugh, now he's here forever. Um. Oh, Nick, you're sitting in that bed of tingles. Oh yeah, I, I am. couldn't help but notice that you're sitting on at least yeah. twelve. Yeah. Literally tingles. sitting on it a pile just, yeah. of, of little little tingle dolls. Yeah. They are. What I'm a overflowing ridiculous with tingles. This is. Apparently. I sat down and just one of them just by overflow just sort of spilled off the couch. <laughs> That's how many tingles there are. Uh, yeah, this is a weird... Anyway, let's stop talking about tingles and start talking about... This is this is the surprise game segment. Surprise game. We're going to talk talking about, about a game. All the toys. And we're going to talk about toys. Stuffed animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so my surprise game, or the surprise game, is um, uh, NBA 2K16. So... Whoa! Some preface uh, on this. NBA 2K16, Colin, the surprise game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The great game. The great the game. Great, the greatest. The surprise game is Spycraft, the great game. Um, so uh, I actually... Um, I, so I, I had... I, I just remembered in preparing for this that I, I remembered I had talked about NBA something like a couple I think you bought a PlayStation ago. to play 2K15. That might be true. Well, I didn't buy a PlayStation to, to play it. I think that was one of the few games uh-huh. that was available at the Let's time. Let's rewind. Um, no. Anyway. Th- anyway. Um, so I'm not a fan of the NBA. Like, I don't actually like basketball. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know why I I played this except that it was a free weekend and uh, huh. I saw that it existed. Um, but yeah, I don't really like basketball. I feel like basketball is a very broken game. Like it feels like a game that has like a set of rules that needs to be patched or something. Like well, whenever I watch is that, is, that has happened, like yeah, several I know. pretty significant times. Actually, yeah, there are two notable episodes of the Ninety Nine Percent Invisible podcast that are entirely about bas- basically the basketball patch notes. Which are oh, about interesting. The three point line and the shot clock are both major yeah. upgrades to basketball that happened yeah. over well, the years. Yeah, and that's the really interesting thing about like, basketball this year specifically uh-huh. and our city. Which is that, um, oh, yeah. and again, I don't watch basketball, but I follow occasionally 
certain <clears throat> storylines in terms of sure. sports. But you can't not. Yeah, well, I mean, here. it's interesting because it's like, you know, in some ways it is. So, like, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors this year have Steph Curry, who is basically destroying the game of basketball. Like, he's he's essentially, like, breaking the game. Like, he is a speedrunner. He solved basketball. Who is, he's solved, like, the speed run of basketball <laughs> right. by just specializing in three-point shots to the extent that the rest of the league can't deal with it because in basketball, you know, position is a big deal. Well, you know the, you know the three-point line was added because everyone was just dunking all the time. Right, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. More or less. More or less, but... but um, but now, but, but you know, the percentages on three-point shots typically are you know thirty percent or lower, right? There, it's it's pretty hard to make a three-point shot. But Steph Curry can do it, I think, on like a fifty percent kind of. Uh, I don't know exactly his percentages, but they're crazy. Him and Clay Thompson can just basically yeah. stand back, take a shot, and it's three points every now, you know, every every other shot, and which is positionally that's changing the way that you have to like cover those guys. So it's ugh, the they. They're going to probably set the record for a regular season wins this year. It's this crazy thing that's happening. And I just like the fact that it is it puts attention on like the actual game of basketball in a way that you normally wouldn't think about it as just a game. It's you know that's because it's, basketball popped into existence. It's like it's the most I guess American football also, but American football is a weird branch off of a way long-standing sport whereas basketball right. feels like it it just popped into existence one day as a fully formed thing and then mm. has, yeah, been, it's, has been like it popped into existence as a sort of unconsidered thing yeah yeah and then like basketball is, is was like shape what, invented as, like, by, a, a by a gym teacher game. or something some, yeah or some, yeah, yeah, something yeah. that yeah, just was. popped yeah. up as a schoolyard sport made up mm-hmm. but like and then if you look at like goaltending obviously that yeah like Weird, like, rules getting introduced. Basketball, if it was a video game, you're right, would, it would be just be a bunch of sequels or a bunch of patches that are, yeah. like... Well, I think, they, I think the, the closest comparison is definitely to... I mean, this is the reason esports are called esports is because they, they, they resemble real sports in this way mm-hmm. where people figure out, like... <laughs> yeah. So they're going to nerf Steph Curry at some point? Well, I mean, well, that's the, where uh, those <laughs> rules come from, though. I mean, that's, yeah. like, the, you know, the, the I mean, obviously, uh, traditional sports evolve much more slowly than esports, and I think that that is a strength. Like, that is a, yeah. that, that is a good thing. It gives consistency. It, right, yeah. exactly. Like, and, you know, when something, when there's, like, such an overwhelming, so overwhelmingly, like, tilted, um kind of like meta discovery or like skill that evolves that just makes the rules off kilter, then like you have to do something about it. But there, but the, the deliberative process on that is like generational rather than Mm -hmm. monthly as it is in, in video, you know, in video games. Yeah. So anyway, that stuff is all interesting. Yeah. Um, but so is this game. So, uh, (laughs) so the, 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 the crazy thing about this game. game. So I, I think when I talked about, uh, the other 2k, version which was like two years ago uh it was mainly just man this is crazy michael jordan looks like michael jordan and he's got like weird ps4 sweat coming down his face <laughs> well now the create a player thing is to the fidelity and this is mainly why i, I bought or I, you know well i eventually bought it but this is mainly why i started playing this game is i wanted to make myself in the game of course <laughs> but now it's crazy so here's me <laughs> and and I'll I'll kind of like briefly describe like the you know the actual mode that you're that are you're, you are you going to show is this, us this a week's high, episode art is this yeah this is a high Pretty enough much. resolution picture that we can uh, use I this. took a few this is one of many oh, okay but good. Uh, yeah so so anyway let me let me just back up two seconds so 
the the creating a player thing is specifically for this mode called my player or my career or whatever you know my, my thing my you have game to sign into like my a, a cool new feature guy. called my Yahoo yeah <laughs> you have to sign into two Ks yeah you have to do yeah, all that course. stuff it syncs blah 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 into my then, K <laughs> but. This year, weirdly, uh, they got Spike Lee. You probably saw this. Oh, they yeah. got Spike Lee to like, make this weird campaign yeah. for your guy. Oh, so it's Nick Brecken in oh, yeah. my no, that's, Spike Lee joint. Exa- that's exactly how it begins. It says, like, whatever, starring, like, a Spike Lee joint starring Nick Brecken, and then it's just your guy. <laughs> starring Ratso Fatso Rat. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, basically, it's called Living a Dream. And you, you. I mean, specifically, Nick Brecken in a Spike Lee joint. Yes, my dream. Yes, yes. Uh, but but it also is called, called Living the Dream. It's called Living the Dream. Yeah. yeah. So you play Living through this Chris's thing. Dream. You make your character <laughs> a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> you start out in high school. Um, does it age your avatar? No. Oh, canceled. No. It it does do some some funny things. Like can it, you customize I think it the journal entries your mom wrote about you when you were a kid? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do any of that stuff. It's all very oh, rigid, weird. which is really weird because my twin sister is a black girl, so she's your your twin sister. But but that's fine. Other than the fact that they call out the fact that she is your twin, it actually sort of works as this weird story where yeah. you're like a white dude who seems like he's been adopted by this family and they're all right. really care about you and like cheer for you and stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I looked on the steam forums and it's, there's a super gross reaction to the fact that like, Oh, like didn't account for this. So Spike Lee's a racist, but like, <laughs> it's just absurd. And like every yeah, yeah. negative review mentions that. I actually think it's kind of cool that they just sort of hard coded right. it as like a story that is for the specific experience because yeah. it feels honest to me as sure. opposed to yeah, like yeah. this generic floppy thing. Right. Eh, he's from Harlem. It's fine. Like it, it totally sure. works. Yeah, but yeah. Um, anyway, the, the the actual campaign itself is bad. Like it's it's silly. Yeah. But the things that it actually like points to in terms of like an interesting thing happens, which is that it starts simulating actual like problems that you would have as a guy who wants to like make it in the nba so it starts rating you based on like what your teammates think of you at all times it gives you this Hmm. little report card at the top of the screen just are you a shit are you basically a shit or are you like a good teammate like are you a guy that because you know so the the game is going to draft you into the nba and based on how well you specifically as a guy are doing it's going to you know rate you better or worse um and then draft you higher or lower. And so you start to like actually think about like what a, a real player would be going through, which is like, am I doing the best thing so my team can win? Or am I just kind of like trying to take all the cool shots right. so that I look cool and then I get more money? Um, so there's some like weird, interesting stuff. But anyway. Man, it turns out it's an emotional game after all. <laughs> In this era of emotion games. Yeah. So here's uh, the guy that I made. So this is this is me... Uh, trying to to shoot on LeBron Can I James. Look at some other photographs of you. Uh, you, you probably yeah. It pumps you up as like the new LeBron James, except that the way that the career works, the way that the game has to work from a gameplay standpoint, is that you start out, you start out rated at like fifty, and you know ninety nine is like probably what you're used to playing if you're playing like NBA right. Jam or something. Yeah. So. The game is saying, like, this guy's amazing. He's the best. Meanwhile, I'm 5'11", and I can't shoot at all. And so now it's this story. Like, I get drafted, and, like, I'm playing 
my first game and they're going well like, oh they call you they call you freak which i didn't i skipped the cutscene. i didn't understand why they call you freak i thought they just like maybe realized that i'm 511 and like a stupid guy who can't shoot and they just started calling me freak but actually it's short for frequency which is like your cool nickname oh, that man, like spike yeah. lee gave you anyway so i'm playing and i didn't understand so they're like oh freaks out there He's the, oh, he's the he's the new oh. look at look at freak he took another shot and missed what an idiot freak way to go freak like good job freak and i'm like what is happening like i'm this <laughs> shitty guy and like i'm I, they're giving me all this money to be like this shitty 511 idiot who can't do anything like i i was just like dumbfounded and then also because you get drafted sideshow <laughs> because you get drafted in the nba and uh you know it's it's semi realistic in that like they don't make you a starter immediately you yeah. you're just a bench player it just skips forward to like every moment that you get put into the game whoa that's so actually kind of cool it's kind of cool so like i started the game it immediately just skipped to the second quarter and just subbed me in for the last 30 seconds of that half <laughs> that's crazy. and i took one shot and missed and they're like man freak <laughs> is just messing up today Man, he's got a lot of pressure on him. Anyway, and okay, halftime. And I was like, oh my God. This is like the worst thing. Like, I am the shittiest guy. I actually love that a lot. Oh, it's really really good. good. (laughs) It's really good. And then it just like skips into the, the, the second half. And I like our team's losing by like 30 points. And then I, I played like, you know, for like two minutes. And then it just. I like I, I like made a shot finally and then it just like the, the coach took me out and just immediately ended the game. Like it was just like game over, you still lost by forty points. Good job, idiot. And then it you made a, a shot, you did a, your job. This is an amazing counterpoint to the XCOM two narrative. Yeah, yeah, where it's like the the incentive force is supposed to be that's like the where they always come back and win after all. Yeah, right. And this is like came up, you know, with like this promising star, like anyway, gets put in flubs every game like right wah, wah, wah. um oh and the other thing too when you like it's giving you this constant rating and it's a teammate rating it's based on what your what your your uh your squad thinks of you at the time um one of the things that it does is if you hold on to the ball too long it, it just immediately drops your rating it's like well why are you standing there like an idiot you're being That's a cool. dick why are you doing this one of the things that it does is when you get low enough your teammates just start ignoring you so, like, so you start being so like, like over here. Yeah, hey. you're, yeah, you're just like throwing your arms and like, yeah, of course. And then it says like, call for pass ignored. <laughs> and so I'm just like this five eleven idiot, just like, hey, hey guys, I'm over here. Uh. And they're just like, no. And they just start taking shots. And then they, <laughs> it's it's so stupid. Then if you start calling, if you start, call, good. you know, it's really good. If you start calling for a pass too much, it says excessively called for pass. <laughs> and then just like demotes you like two rankings. Oh man. There was an Ugh. article that ESPN, a, a, a feature length article ESPN published in October, 2014. That was really, really great. And it was an investigative uh, sort of uh, piece on the challenge on these sort of alleged challenges that the Lakers have had mm. in recruiting players mm. in the sort of shadow of Kobe Bryant. Well, I feel like Kobe when I'm playing this game because the way that Kobe's playing this year, he's at the end of his career and he can't make a shot, but he still takes all the shots. Like he's still like, you know, trying to be right. Kobe. So he's like taking 50 shots. At the end of the game, I'm rated an F every single game <laughs> because I've taken 20 shots and missed 19 of them. Um, and that does other interesting things. Like Maybe between- take fewer shots. <laughs> yeah. 
And and then like, <laughs> but well, this is a video game where yeah, I can be the winner. So then then it, then it throws you into a press conference and you have to like make dialogue choices. Yes. Oh my god. And they're a, like, so you really stuck it up out there, freak? Like, what were you doing, freak? Why were you, why were you so bad, freak? And then you can just blame it on your teammates or blame it on your coach. Oh my god. Or, like, and it's just my face. We just went out know. there. We just had to give one hundred ten percent. That's like, exactly what he says. <laughs> it's, it's just all meaningless garbage. But it's it's just really weird. Anyway. Huh. Yeah. Well, so that, that was, was a lot I, more I, interesting I stuff weird, than I was yeah, expecting. No, no. Yeah, that, that's Man, that was, that was our take. best surprise game segment yet, I think. <laughs> I know. Nick, please yeah. come back with this level of surprise game every week. Okay, coach. Can you get <laughs> can you get Spike Lee to add an insane campaign mode to anything? Yeah, ever? he really should. Or Where's maybe that? Maybe he should. Far Cry Primal, a Spike Lee joint, is going to be <laughs> shocking. Thank you for yeah. that first-hand account. You're welcome. A thing I did not realize was that. Yeah, I didn't I either. The, I think that's. I thought the Spike Lee campaign was some kind of weird fantasy thing because that's what all the trailers. The trailers had like demons and fucking. Oh yeah, I know. No, it's not all that. Stuff. It's just okay. it's just hoop dreams, huh. as written by Spike Lee. Yeah. With a lot of like. Well, Nick isn't good super enough. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, right. I haven't you, gotten to the dragon. If you level. manage your life correctly, <laughs> you actually are then like right. put into the secret society of actually <laughs> yeah. good players. You're you're. You, if you get enough A's, you start to see dragons. It, it turns out that's some sort of Masonic symbol, and yeah, right, yeah, that's the true campaign that you haven't unlocked. <laughs> Where Spike Lee himself, like slow claps you and walks out onto an empty basketball court. He does do that at the beginning of the campaign, actually. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know that. A, a, just, you know that a video game story just, is made by a true auteur when they show up as a mocap version of themselves at the yep. beginning to tell you about the game. That's exactly what it does. It's <laughs> it starts out where there it's just the people in the mocap suits. And they're filming a scene, and then he just walks out and just says, "This year we're doing a crazy thing." It's and then an he FMV. Goes, yeah, and then he goes bam, and then when he says bam, it just like snap cuts to his like weird like mo capped face that doesn't look at all like him, yes. and it's really weird. <laughs> wow, it's really bizarre. You bought the correct NBA two uh, K game. <laughs> it's yeah, honestly, I didn't expect any. I just really wanted to make my face, and well, then I got it. I got so much more than I bargained for. <laughs> We gotta get some high res shots of that from you for the. Oh episode yeah, no, it's week. hilarious. I look hilarious. It's really good. You guys, want to do some reader mail? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Mark Quain writes, "Hi all. I really like how the Advent soldiers in XCOM Two sound when you activate them. It reminds me of the Combine soldiers in Half Life Two and how alien and otherworldly they sound through their masks. What are your favorite barks, for lack of a word, ba- better word, in games? Mark Dublin." All Warcraft barks. <laughs> oh man, yeah, those, those were classic. Those are some of the yeah. most. Those are like notable barks, foundational barks. Yeah, it's true. I like any time a guy says, "Hey, where'd he go?" <laughs> <laughs> man, Fisher, well, we did it. Yeah, we did, Fisher. We did, where we are you, like, Fisher? Half an episode. You son of a bitch, Fisher. Oh man, that Splinter Cell like, game where the guys yeah, all had Fisher persistence box. in yeah. quotes and yeah. they remembered. <laughs> all Doom One enemy sounds are also really good. Those aren't yeah, barks. That's true. Any, any, you know, classic yeah. nose snarling sound. Yeah, of, like yeah, a, like, yeah. I mean, this, this reader mentions Half Life 2, but I mean, I would. The combine say sounds Half-Life are. The, 2. Yeah. The combine yeah. soldier sounds are really strong, actually. All, actually, all the enemy Half-Life, sound design in Half Life 2 is good. All the sound design in general. I remember yeah. playing Half Life 2, and like the first time I heard a grenade, the way, what happens when a grenade goes off, where it sort of deafens you and you hear mm. the ringing in your ear. Oh, and yeah. It, like, the total, like the Saving Private Ryan thing, but hearing that in that context. Yeah, I just remember the entire soundscape of that game feeling really restrained in a way that was 
to- felt totally the, new. When Even you just first the gunshots pop- to me, yeah, yeah. like that, the little, that the little pop chase, gun that little pop, pop, oh, pop that, that you hear. Thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, man. man, when you Half Life Two sound design, the thing that I remember the most in it is when you first pop through the like old timey double doors into the square, like the City yeah. Seventeen town square, and there's like the sort of spacecraft sounds in the distance and the combine and the like. Random sort of unintelligible Eastern European woman's voice and mm-hmm. Doctor Breen playing all that stuff and like the distant klaxons and stuff and that just yeah. the ambience in that game is so mm-hmm. good. It really yep. is. You could you could tease a new Half Life game entirely by having a black screen and having just the sound mm. effects from Half Life Two yeah, and everyone right. would lose their fucking minds. Like you would not need to show a single thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that game is evocative entirely through just like a twenty second sound bite of that city. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, honestly, Half Life One was too for its time, but not as not nearly as intensely as Half Life. Yeah, yeah. But like the head crab sounds and like that weird, yeah, the weird actually, PA yeah. voice of Black Mesa, the weird like mm-hmm. the guy that sounds like the Bart, the Bart train announcer, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and here, here's and the, all the like the little computer noises of like the HEV box and stuff. Oh, like, it's yeah, really good. Stuff, oh yeah, yeah. when you but yeah. It, yeah, and when you get the suit and everything, that stuff all just sounds so like present. <clears throat> yeah, those mm-hmm. aren't barks, but like you I know. know. Well, here here here's a couple things that are closer to barks. So. Um, in Amnesia, there mm. are like the oh those bugs, those crunchy bugs. Yeah, those crunchy bugs that represent you kind of going insane. I guess that's still not really a barks, but those freaked me out so much. I mean, it really, I like that was the scariest thing about that game for me, probably at least until I sort of just absorbed it into the soundscape. This is just what is it? What this game is? Um, that was crazy. And then also on the total, totally different side of the scale um the enemy the like pre uh alert enemy conversation in no one lives for the no one lives forever games which are which are these like super villain henchmen kind of just standing around talking about their shitty job Mm -hmm. and like the you know just like their pat their hobbies and like their family like and stuff. It's so good. Those games were totally some of the ahead some of, of the Dark Forces games have really those Jedi Knight games have really good uh, on licensed stormtrooper banter. Oh yeah, not not to the same degree as No One Lives Forever, but there's that one scene in the first Star Wars where you hear the two stormtroopers talking about like a car or like you see the new thing. Oh, it seems pretty good as they walk out of the frame, yeah. and it's the, like yeah. the best incidental dialogue, and and then just expanding that out to anytime you're lurking behind stormtroopers you hear them talking about completely asinine shit man i don't remember that from those games that's great it was in i think it was in one of the jedi surely not in dark force it was in one of the jedi knight games that either lucas or raven did one of the sort of like quake late quake engine ones yeah and i think a lot of that stuff was written by mike stemley who wrote sam and max at the road like just like as a like you're still working here and we're not making your games anymore write a ton of a ton of stupid stormtrooper bullshit that's a good guy to have to write stuff like that yeah yeah uh yeah. The person that we actually need on the show to talk about this is J.P. LeBreton. Oh, just man, yeah. That's that. totally yeah. right. Like, we should just yeah. ask him to send us a list of notable barks to read <laughs> for next week, because he <laughs> yeah. would just be like, oh, well, obviously in... Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Thief has has good, like, overhearing mm. enemies stuff as well, actually, because mm-hmm. uh, that game is so much about, like, being unobserved, but also being a yeah. first person, so you're up close. You're you right know, next to those A lot barks. of stealth games are third person, so they don't have that same, like... Yep. Super voyeuristic thing going on. Now that mm-hmm. we've talked about notable barks, I'm going to disappear because I have to leave early again because I'm cool. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye, Nick, you want to hang around and do some more reader mail? Sure. All right. See you, Jake. Um, so Stephen Thomas writes in about real missed controls. 
He says, Hey Thumbs, on this week's show you talked about Real Mist and how it experimented with control schemes. I wanted to chime in and mention an interesting thing I observed while watching an extensive playthrough of the game. At first the player chose to use the full WASD controls because he wanted more freedom, but as the playthrough continued he went back to the old point-and-click method. By the end he only used WASD for quicker movement by cutting corners while backtracking. The reason he did this is because it was he discovered how easy it was to miss important interactables when coming into a new scene without the prescribed precision and viewing angle. I found this fascinating, and I wonder if some modern games would benefit from having point-and-click controls or even defaulting to them with this in mind. Keep casting the great pods, Stephen Figbird Thomas. I'm trying I, to I mean, think I, of an example of a game that would benefit from it specifically, but I, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, I I think the thing that is that this really illuminates more broadly about video game design, and Nick, I'm sure you would agree with this, is that decisions you make that f- don't even feel like decisions, such as WASD plus mouse look, have a, a, an absolutely massive oh, yeah. impact on the experience of your game in ways that you are never going to know. Yep, you know, like and if you would question some of those assumptions, um. Like, I, I don't, I don't, you know, as, as listeners probably know, we don't spend a lot of time talking about our own projects on this show, but like, you know, Jake and I shipped Firewatch this last week and like, that's definitely a game where there's so many things that we assumed about how people would play the game that are just not true. <laughs> you know, like in most games, right. And like, yeah, and that's fine. Um, but you know, there's stuff that like people just aren't finding in the world. At least mm-hmm. most people aren't and like secret things and yep. sort of just ways of navigating the world. And it's like, man, we, it turns out that the reason a lot of this stuff is not as like universally noticed is simply because we made assumptions that we didn't even realize were assumptions. Mm-hmm. And that is, it's so hard to, it's so hard to be aware of every single little just unquestioned well, assumption you're making while making a game. And the other thing is often when you're making a game, there is just a, a watershed moment where you feel like you've got it and you say, okay, this is what it's going to be. But then if it's not, there's really no time in production to pull I back know. on that. You yeah. know what I mean? You just kind of feel like this is our best stab at it. And yep. we're going to go really for this. Unless you're in a weird case, like yeah. Jonathan Blow making The Witness for it's, seven years. But yeah, like, but it's, it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if... Like even this is a weird example, but even like with a game like NBA, if you're making a decision about the way that like your turbo button works or something, probably by six months out that it's just too late to pull back yeah. on that. You've got animations that are tied to it. You've got all sorts Although of. Although in the li- case of NBA, you can always make the change next year. True. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> always got another one coming. Right. But but then you know the downside to that is that people are actually like they get they get used to that one version right, right? and you yeah. make a micro change it's almost like in the way that you would change a rule set it suddenly yeah. feels very weird and bad and then that that year doesn't do as well yeah um but yeah i think um it yeah it is just really really difficult god actually uh on this subject i um you know i went home and grabbed a bunch of old games over christmas and i was talking about some of those but um <laughs> loaded up goldeneye uh oh, the wow. other day yeah which uh i completely forgot on an but, n64 yeah and the, the weird thing about it is that you like a, like an actual mm-hmm. yeah and the weird thing about it that i forgot is that it is a game where because it's only one analog um you know there is a strafe capability but it's way more awkward than something like uh metroid prime for example um, because there aren't C buttons on the N64. Um, I mean, there are, but they're not like, you know, anyway. So uh, basically the way you play that game is just rotating and moving forward. Like right. the whole game is yeah, played yeah, like yeah. that. It still feels fine. It actually still feels really? like a really good game. Huh. Like playing the first level of that game was actually really like as a shooter, just as a mindless thing, like not even like even stripped of nostalgia. It was just like fine. 
I've and so it made me once played single player GoldenEye ever. Oh, really? Never. Oh, yeah. Because I never had an N64, mm-hmm. so I only ever played that game at mm-hmm. buddies' houses. Right, which is that was yeah, just play multiplayer. multiplayer sleepover time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I like I played tons of that campaign with friends. Like it was just the thing we did after school, and cool. um, like that in StarCraft, and the uh, it's surprising. It's surprising how well it holds up. It doesn't bother me at all, really. And as much as I am a person that does feel super comfortable with Waz and sort of expects it, um, just rotating and walking down corridors. And it's just designed for that. You know what I mean? Like, it is it is like kind of what I was describing with Metroid Prime, where they just took that into account with the level design. It didn't have too many, like, spaces where you can sort of turn left and right and go off onto, a, like, a weird corridor. It's mostly just tunnels that it's leading you through. But what they did is sort of present the door number like one two three tunnel you know what i mean like they've got little things that you can pop off to the side but very rarely do they kind of make you sidestep ever to get to those you know it's all right. very clear in, in front of you um so yeah i don't know hmm. i think uh yeah i'd be hard pressed to think of a game where i would say oh it should be point and click or or you know you should take waz out of this game but I, I, it's, it, yeah, it, it's, it's it's it is surprising thinking about it how little it bothers me at times yeah I suppose you'd probably be pretty heavily criticized at this point if you made a game I was just that would that. have Waz that yeah. you know that should have Waz and just doesn't by default. I think mm-hmm. people would lose their minds. Yeah, but uh, I know. Yeah, you, yeah. A lot of decisions at this point are made for the core audience that you don't want to well, lose their I, minds on I mean a Steam by forum. The unquestioned assumptions. Like yeah. sometimes you're not questioning them because you kind of can't. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's definitely a thing. Yeah, which probably people don't think about. Yeah. yeah, and that just means that you end up designing the rest of the game around that, at least hopefully. Yeah, which is fine. Like, I mean, WASD plus mouse look or dual analog stick mm-hmm. controls for first person shooters is a really great control scheme. So, like, yeah. it's not as though I think we're sort of leaving huge amounts on the table by not using wacky tank controls. Right. But it is interesting to think about this stuff and be yeah. like, oh, okay, what am I getting out of this control scheme and what am I not? And like, how does that tie into the way that we're doing level design I think the, and level design and everything. I think The Witness is an interesting example because it feels like the kind of game where you probably could have done something really, um, you know, bold like that and gotten away with it because it is just itself, it just feels like a singular game, you know? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like it's designed for as a shooter, even, even, even just stripping away like what it is, you know, just looking at a screenshot, nobody would look at that and say like, oh, I'm expecting WASD, you know? I mean, they kind of know. would. I think they, they would. They wouldn't would, realize I, they're expecting it, but they would, but they still would be because they're, that's just how they think of first person games. It's they would they would they, expect I mean, it, but us, I like, yeah, but I think listening if, to this podcast anyway, right? But I think if they had gone with a default um, control method that just was really good, but not that, I think it would have been fine in that. In Man, I don't like think that. it would have been fine. I think no? people would have flipped out. Yeah. Well, I think if they'd had Waz support, but if they just said, oh, this if you got the, an option, yeah, that would be cool. If you had not because in that game you don't, there's no. I mean, apparently there are timed things, but I haven't really gotten to them yet, so I don't know. But for the mm. most part, at least in all the stuff I've played so far, they're it's all take it at your own pace. Yeah. And so, um, it, uh, you could conceivably just do whichever you were more comfortable with as a player. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, man, by the way, the witness, I have not played it because I've been playing XCOM and because I, <laughs> like I said, I haven't even had enough time to play as much X XCOM as I would want to. Right. And so the witness is just this like looming thing still in my brain where I know that if I went back to it now, just because of the way this game is for me and for seemingly everyone, the way it works is that things you were stuck on oh, you will man, be less yeah. stuck on when you go back to them. Yep. But like, I don't. I need more time to play all the games. <laughs> the witness like, witnesses I'm, you 
playing silly, uh, you know, throwaway games and, yeah. and, and judges you is what I know. it does. It just, it's, well, that, is, that, is, that is where the witnesses derive from. I'm also getting married in a couple weeks. And oh, then yes, we're that going too. on a, yeah. like a honeymoon. And then we're also in between those two things. We're moving to a new apartment. Right. And like uh, other stuff is going, just like other things are going on. Like, I don't know what, I don't know when I'm going to play these games. It's so frustrating because I, there have been periods over the last few months where I felt like it's been a real dead time, at least for mm. stuff that I was super personally interested in. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like there are so many, like I want to play more Rise of the Tomb Raider because yeah. someone, after I talked about it, what, last week, I guess someone contacted Idle Thumbs or me, I can't even remember, to say, oh, there's a, there's a, uh, like a challenge mode mm. where you're just in, you know, all those systems I was describing where you're in this kind of pseudo open world and there are, uh, there's crafting and there's experience and there's, um, you know, limited resources and so on. You, you just have that and you just have to survive as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, woof, I totally want to play that. There's so much stuff I want to play right now. It's, it's driving me nuts. Yeah. And I just, I'm at like the lowest point in my available time. <laughs> seems like that always ha- that's always the case. Yeah, I know. It's just whenever a game or a couple of games come out that are, you've just been waiting for, mm-hmm. uh, it's always just syncs up with your life mm-hmm. being crazy. Yep. Yeah. That happened to me last year and I can't remember exactly what games it was. Yeah. Or it, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> um, well, do one more, I guess. Sure. So Echo Null writes, Hi, Thumbs. Last week you discussed how the new XCOM felt like it assumed a lot of knowledge of its audience and the difficulty in handling both a new audience and series adherence with the same game. I found this was handled distinctively well in the recent Monster Hunter games. The series features both equipment-based progression and a significant skill element in the same vein as Dark Souls, where knowing how to dodge and when to strike is something the player earns over time. Since the player's character only improves their equipment, an experienced player can speed through the early game with a suboptimal weapon and starting armor, focusing on offense until they're challenged again. A newer player would have to reply, replay. Ugh. A newer player would have to retry hunts, possibly cutting out early with only some of the rewards, but that allows them to shore up gaps in their skill with the equipment they can now craft, making it easier to try again. I haven't seen this dynamic play out quite this well anywhere else. Thanks for the great episodes over the years, and keep casting the good pods. Echo Null. That's cool. Yeah. That's a great dynamic, the sort of player skill versus... Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, The Witness is like entirely... I mean, The Witness is a, an extreme example of... Skill is a weird way to put it. It's more like... Um, Ability learning. or it's yeah, like, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to learning describe. Learning yeah. sort of rules or ways so of thinking. So a thinking machine, learning yeah, computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is entirely that. You know, like it fe- like I-, I think a lot of people wouldn't want to describe it that way because they're puzzles mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of challenges. But I, But I think it actually is... Yeah. Fair to say that you are kind of learning these skills that because, you know, a a combat system isn't really any less insular to itself than a puzzle, than a string of puzzles is, as long as the puzzles are actually based on a comprehensible set of rules as opposed to just sort of an adventure game, like arbitrarily combined. Yeah, just a completely wacky thing. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. I mean, in The Witness, it just does a really good job of, you know layering different uh, uh, puzzle types on top of each other until, you know, you just feel like, oh, I've, I recognize this piece of this, you yeah. know? Yeah. It more or less is just a learned skill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, I think this, this, this reader is correct that the Dark Souls games are amazing at this. I mean, they're yeah. incredible at making you rise to the occasion mm-hmm. and really learn the game on its terms and just bring that, constant i mean just learn to bring it consistently in a way you never would have thought when you first start the game or 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 one like the first time you started any of the games in the series like the first one that you played yeah 
and you're like, well, this is just impossible. Yep. It's, it's unfair and impossible. And then you realize, nope, I just have to be good at it. Yeah, that just that seems like a common thread in kind of all the stuff we've been talking about in the last couple of weeks. But just, you know, yep. games that just seems like the popular thing right now is to just yeah, which kind is of crazy. Like, How is that the popular yeah, thing? It's really weird. It's I don't not, know. I mean, it's at least a I mean, popular thing. I guess it's just that to me, at least it feels like these games are now being designed with a more um, with a higher level of care in terms of the early game of them, you know, where I it feels like true, yeah. the gradation of difficulty. There's more thought put into um, the way a player is going to react to certain things so that it doesn't... But that's why XCOM 2 is so crazy, because it's I not know. like that. I know, I know, I know. XCOM 2 feels like just... It is so old school uh, in that yeah, way. Yeah, it's really, really old school. That's exactly what it feels yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I can't account for that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is really... I don't know. Being a person that played through the end of XCOM many times, I don't understand how... <laughs> like, you know, the fact that I bounced off of that game in the first day is nuts yeah yeah but that's what i mean right it's like when it's old school it's old school from the era when like yeah you didn't have 20 other games to bounce to that you got for two dollars in a steam sale so, right you know what i mean like xcom it was just the XCOM thing. is still yeah. is like a is a is a remnant of or possibly like throwback to an era when it's like you played the original xcom in 1993 and that was like yeah. one of two games that you had mm-hmm. and it didn't occur to you that this was like <laughs> too hard and you're going to move on that's right. like this is just what it is it is what it is and it's right here and like i am going to lose and lose and lose and lose but like what else am i going to do <laughs> you don't even think what else am i going to do because it wouldn't right. even, like there's no reason to even think about it yep. like, it's just what you're doing yeah it's weird but of course xcom 2 can't be that because it's sitting on the steam bestseller list yeah. like right below dark souls which is going to come out also another yep. game that's going to come out and make me not yep. have enough time to play anything thanks games yeah <laughs> it's weird yeah anyway strange time we're in it's cool though i mean like it is cool i'm, I, I'm glad yeah. that this stuff all exists on top of like you know games that are the furthest from that that could ever you could get at the same time are also yeah being successful it's crazy yeah, it it's is actually nice. It's not at all what I would have predicted five years ago. No way. For the trajectory of like felt, where the trajectory PC gaming felt is going to go. Way darker. Oh yeah. Or just gaming in general, because yeah. the, most it just of these felt like everything on, was going to get perfectly smoothed out. Platforms. I just assumed that the sort of design ethic of like, man, it, you know, pull a hundred players, and if you know, watch a billion playthroughs, and if they get stuck here, or if they if they die here, then we're just going to smooth everything out and make sure that they get through the game. And that that felt like the the future five years ago to me. Yeah. You know, and it just seems like. People have just like railed against yeah, well, that, I, and I think also there's been enough of a response to specific games like Demon Souls to yeah, to well, justify when, yeah. going in the opposite direction. And also, there's just so many games now; it kind of feels like you have to in some ways. It sort of feels like that niche just has to be filled because there are so many games that you have to do something different to stand out. And right. this, this seems like the thing that you one of the things you can do is just make your game really fucking hard and it just inherently feels different than a lot of other of the sort of... But like thoughtfully hard. Yeah, exactly. I remember when Demon's Souls came out, the original one, and I I weirdly... I I know this is not typical, but that game came out on PS3 and Mm -hmm. I've still played more of Demon's Souls than I've played of any other Souls game. I remember when you got into that, yeah. Yeah, I was super into it. I really liked that game a lot. And I remember at the time it felt to me like a throwback to a certain kind of like PS one, early PS two Japanese design ethic Mm -hmm. that I thought was really awesome. Like really great. And not just design ethic, but also um, visual aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, Like just that game felt like a a throwback to this very particular slice. 
but now in like context, you know, years later, it feels like a larger um, kind of trend towards just a generally like yeah. uh, kind of um, to it to a, a larger trend that encompasses not just that like particular like Japanese design ethic, but like this larger thing that is pulling back to all kinds of eras of all different like game design yep. cultures from a time when this kind of like you have to rise to the games level mm-hmm. was was you know expected it's i mean it's just got to be a generational thing right like the people that were playing those yeah. games when they were kids just yeah. got to a point in there where they had careers in the game industry and decided like i'm gonna do this thing well, now but also and i'm gonna ha- ignore the evolution that was sort of like being followed by a different generation right but i think that's all i think that is coinciding with um the coming of age of a generation that is like mm. raised on stuff like minecraft yeah and minecraft is not like dark souls or XCOM in the sense that, i mean it's not a punishing single player campaign but i think it is i i think the the line you draw is the people who come up on games like that are willing to play something that asks a lot of yeah them. demands a lot of them you yeah, know yeah, exactly. yeah. in a different way obviously but like but the i you know the the rise of the sort of survive the like brutal survival game mm-hmm. um you know day uh daisy uh don't Sar- don't starve etc like that all feels like i think th- that all feels like a you know a combined movement in a way that's really crazy yeah yeah it fe- yeah yeah i think you're totally right i think it's just you know a generation of gamers now that just feel like they want to poke around in games and find their own kind of you know facet of it that's enjoyable yeah. you know um which is really cool like i'm glad that happened um because otherwise yeah we would have just been playing triple a nonsense forever and ever and ever like the x the xbox 360 like early xbox 360 era of games hopefully we'll just feel oh, like a just weird <laughs> oh my god i can remember when that, you like, and i were game journalists of, yeah i know oof yeah. oof like that felt like the the you know the peak of that stuff yeah and now it's better yeah thankfully yeah cool anyway, yeah on that hopeful note yeah i guess we can wrap this up so this episode of Idle Thumbs was brought to you by Postmates, the courier service that will bring you goods and foods from anywhere in your city, all kinds of businesses, uh, straight to your door, your home or office, wherever you want. Uh, if you download the Postmates app on iOS or Android and use the code THUMBS, your first delivery will be free. Nice. Yeah. You're going to do that whiz? I'm going to get that whiz. Momentarily, probably. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Thank you for listening to Idle Thumbs. If you enjoy this show, please, please, please tell a friend. We uh, we have very few methods to grow the audience of this show available to us, but the biggest one is simply people passing it among their own communities, you know, their forum communities, social media communities, places where uh, there might be other people who would appreciate the sort of combination of stuff that we do on the show. Um, it means a lot to us. You can find us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. You can send us email to be read and possibly also read on the show to questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash idlethumbs. We host a bunch of other podcasts on our website, idlethumbs.net, including Idle Weekend, which I mentioned earlier, which is co-hosted by Danielle Riendo, formerly of this show. And Rob Zachney, who also hosts Three Moves Ahead and Esports Today on our network. Um, they're really smart and have a great rapport and are it's a great show. And we also just relaunched the Idol Book Club, which uh, I am co-hosting with Sarah Argadale. We just put out our 
first kind of full episode of this new season, which is about Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. That came out about a week ago. And our next book that we're reading for March is Never Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Mm. Ishiguro, the author of The Remains of the Day, which is a really, really great novel. Um, I have not read Never Let Me Go, so I'm reading it for the first time. Um, Have you seen the movie? I have not seen the movie. Mm. Have you? I have. Yeah. Well, so. I plan. I'm hoping to watch it before we record the episode. Yeah, you should just for more context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So you can find that uh, at idlethumbs.net/slash/shows along with all the rest of our shows. And yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.